Well, welcome back to The Common Man. Another edition is underway and things are starting to get moving and we are getting excited. There's been some big announcements in the AFL these last few days. Korean baseball, Korean soccer is in full swing and the UFC are fighting on a remote island in something to me that sounds like a Nicolas Cage slash John Travolta style late 90s movie. Anyway, as you can imagine, Return to Sport is going to control the headlines with this episode, but we also have our usual hijinks and sidetracks to break it up. And with that, let me introduce our two starters for today. You know what would be really funny, Matt, would be if you tried to butcher the Bulls' serious theme song and do it in like an American-style opening. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. I was joking, Matt. No. And now, the starting lineup for your world champion, Common Men. At forward, from Central Jalan, six foot tall, Mr. Echo himself, Nicholas Ford. G'day, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you're listening. It's good to be here again. It was great to have you, Fordy, and I have to say, you've added another nickname to the mix, Kilometre King. Can you tell me about that? Kilometre King. Yes. Well, I'm doing a virtual 10 kilometre training plan at the moment. And so I'm part of this group called Kilometre Kings and Kilometre Queens by the great man, Matthew Daniels. Big shout out to him if he's listening. So Potential sponsor. Potential. Absolutely. So that's the go. That's what, well, apparently from what you're saying, I'm Kilometre King. You are the Kilometre King. You're Mr. Echo. And I'm sure we'll keep adding to that uh, massive, massive bag of nicknames. It's there's just a few un- more. It's unlimited, exactly. I think we should keep moving because there's someone else on the sidelines in the tunnel who's waiting to run out. I can see he's quite excited. So here we go. You're going to persist with this Chicago thing, aren't you? From East Perth, at guard, six foot two, Nathan Fender Oh, get me out of retirement. Get me the jersey back on. I'm ready to play again. Horse, how are we? Oh, we're doing very well. Now, I did call you Fend Off, Friendy. Fend Off, where did that come from? Look, uh, people have said over the past that I like to fend off with my right arm. And uh, it potentially could be called an offensive foul, but umpires tend to let it go. Thank you very much, Forty. I'll look after you, mate. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So it's good to get another little origin story there. Now, I also believe that you might have taken umbrage to the result in last episode's cross-court combat, Friendy. Is that true? Yeah, look, we, we went back to the judges. And, and, and to be fair, we were told we had 60 seconds horse. Now, you, you blew the budget on that. You were about a, a, a buck 85 um, and some. So what's up with that? Well, it's funny you mention that because it is actually under internal review at the moment. Now, of course, I'm the one who is conducting that internal review, so I don't like your chances too much, buddy. But we will be giving CrossCode a rest this week until we have some official results. Now, I actually believe that Netflix are looking into this as a potential series to follow The Last Dance, and they've sent through a trailer that they'd like us all to listen to. Well, it's just a warm, sunny day, walking into the uh, TCM studio, and I was excited. I was excited to see how this would eventuate. Yeah, there was going to be some combat, but I was prepared. I knew what I had to do. I was, I was pumped about this event. You know, I, I, was, I was ready. I was coming off a high from the victory from the week before against, against 40. Accusations have been made, sure. Was I in the wrong? No. No, I don't think so. I felt that I was robbed um, from a cheat. Did I bend the rules? Maybe. Stretch them a little? Sure. But it's not my job to enforce them. Forty was prepared. He'd done all the work beforehand. A little to not so much, but uh, I was I was quietly confident. And I was the one with the target on my back. The world of combative sports debating has been thrown into disarray. Crossgold Convict coming soon. I was cheated out of this win and it should be rectified. Wow, interesting stuff. I look forward to hearing how that story develops, but I think now we should get into the nitty gritty. This month in sport. 
this is what we're here for. We're here to talk about all the moving and shaking in the last two weeks. And today, the AFL has finally revealed June 11 as its return to footy date for the 2020 season. Now, we have both WA and SA teams relocating to the Gold Coast for the first four weeks of games in the return, with concessions being made all over the place. Non-contact training will start for all teams at their home venues on Monday. This is coming Monday for us, the 18th of May, and full contact training will resume from 25th of May, but not all teams will be in their home states by that time. The league will be releasing the starting fixture sometime in the next 10 days. The league will be releasing the starting fixture sometime in the next 10 days where it appears quite obviously that at least the WA and SA teams and Queensland teams will face off against each other while they've got the chance. We've also heard that Richmond and Collingwood on the Thursday night at the G will be the return game. And then to top it off at the end, we've heard later this Friday evening that there is a possibility that the grand final won't be at the G in 2020. 40, a lot of information to digest. How are you feeling about this all? Well, I've uh, since the last episode, I think uh, it's good to have footy back. Footy coming back. I am very interested to see still how it all pans out um, without no crowd, all that sort of thing. But it's exciting to see something coming on the horizon. Oh, totally. It was just a relief to know that it's returning and we've got a date that we can work towards. And I've got to say, I was quite happy that it was June 11th. I thought with things that had gone on during the week that it might not have reached that June 11 time. Now, Friendy, will this set up the way that it's being announced, having to move teams away from their home states, playing home games on non-home grounds? Is it going to detract from what we know as a regular footy season or are we just so desperate that we are going to lap it up and this is what we've been waiting for? Look, talking to uh, a lot of our listeners, actually, throughout the, the, the week, I've, I've heard that they just want to see something back on the screens, footy back. I know it's not ideal. As a beloved West Coast supporter, I want to see us playing off the stadium, Perth. But I am happy that we're playing the Queensland teams in the first couple of weeks. Getting Gold Coast early is a good little warm-up match for us, I would have thought. So I'm happy about that, but I'm happy to see the footy is back. Let's get excited about it. I think we are, I think we are actually all in agreement there. So it's quite ironic, uh, Friendy, last time we were speaking, you were pitching that everyone should move to Western Australia and play, you know, and have a Western Australian hub. And it's sort of gone the opposite way. Western Australian teams are the ones that are having to make that relocation, at least for the first four weeks. Can you see what, what do you think is going to happen beyond the four weeks? What are we hoping for? Well, it'd be interesting. I'm hoping after the four weeks, we can kind of go back maybe to a little bit of normality. It all depends on what happens with uh, any spikes in this coronavirus. I think if mm. there's a spike, then hopefully there's no more pauses in AFL. But if it's working the way it is over the first four weeks, maybe you just keep it the way it is um, with a little bit of travel between the eastern states and, and see how we go. But I think any footy back is good for everybody. So as much as they should have gone to WA, I've, I'm okay that they haven't. Okay, horse? <laughs> yeah, good, good. I mean, I'm thinking if there is a second wave, then perhaps we just have to take all the teams and move them to like a remote island off the coast of Australia where we could build a stadium and they, they would be fenced in. They're not allowed in or out, um, just an island, like just to hold them all together. Can we think of any, any places that come to mind? Maybe Darwin. <laughs> I know it's not an island, but have run up in Darwin. No, that was me. Politi- Actually, you know that what? was me. I've got, I've got one for you. Yeah, Horse, Christmas I've Island. Got one for you. Manus let's, Island. Let's just send them to, let's send them to Rottnest Island, just off WA. Ah, oh, back back in WA. Okay. Well, you know, all they could fit that, on there was a football ground, wouldn't it? On Rottnest. All they can fit on there are those quokkas or whatever. What? Quokkas, yeah, little quokkas. Yeah. <laughs> Six quokkas. <laughs> They'd have to get the quokkas umpire in the games. Okay, moving on. A cricket update for you all. I know that we're hanging out for this. Uh, the Aussie cricketers are gearing up for whatever their return from absence might look like. It's been reported that Steve Smith did a 21-kilometre. Uh, run on Sydney's Bay Run in one hour 35 minutes thinking it was a half marathon but after being notified he was a hundred meters short of that half marathon he's done it again and shaved two minutes off his time but what actually are they training for anticipation is mounting that the T20 World Cup will get postponed and a mini IPL will be conducted in its place India is said to be offering Cricket Australia two extra one-dayers if they make Aussie players available for that mini IPL. 40, should the Aussie players accept and head off to India? Definitely. 
we need to play teams like India. We're currently, I believe in our, currently as we speak, we are ranked fifth in one-day international ICC rankings. We're number one in tests. We're number one in T20. But we need to be playing teams like England and India as mm. much as possible so that we can increase our rankings. And last time we were in India, we beat them out of five one-days, 3-2, and that was an incredible series. So why can't we do it again? And that was without Steve Smith and Dave Warner. So bring it on. I agree. I'd love to see some cricket being played. And if they need to go to India, so be it. But I just don't think these international borders are going to be opened. I can't see that happening in 2020 with the international borders being opened. So, well, they're I, saying, yeah, not till 2023 that the borders could be back opening. to normal. They're saying back to normal by 2023. Right. So yeah. they think that there'll be about 50% the amount of travel happening as per normal up there's, until about 2023. So much hearsay though, isn't there? Exactly. It's all, it's all predicting who knows where it's actually going to be. I feel like the, uh, the Indian cricket board, they are losing potentially $11 billion if they don't run an IPL. So I think that they've probably got enough sway over their country and their country is such a cricket centric country that they probably will change their rules on who can come in and out of the country to be able to accommodate an IPL. Now, the other thing to consider there as well, the little bit of backlash in allowing the Australians to go over for this mini IPL, it also then is going to take away Aussies playing in the Australian domestic competition. Is that really a concern? I don't think so. I think you've got an amazing, a lot of talent uh, in the BBL. I think for the few players that'll go over in the IPL, really doesn't have much impact. And you see a lot of the players are unavailable for most of the BBL anyway. Which well, it's, it's actually not the BBL. Frustrating. It's, it's going to be the, uh, the Gillette one-day series and the Sheffield Shield. So it's not even the BBL <laughs> that's going to be affected. Well, actually, side note, it's not even the Gillette one-day series. It's the Marsh one-day series, which goes to show how much we actually care about our domestic one-day series. I don't know the name. Well, you, you ain't keeping them then. They're off to IPL. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> money talks. But I've got to represent New South Wales in a 50-over game at Junction Oval. Now, Friendy, are we any closer to a return in the NBA? I know there was some big news earlier this week. Can you give us an update on that and what is happening in the NBA? Yeah, so from my understanding, Horse, um, earlier this week, they said they're going to make a decision within the next two to three weeks, is my understanding. But massive, massive news. Um, this is this has not been changed since 1983, but Sporting ha- are losing the rights to the official NBA ball and they're going to Wilson basketball. Wilson. It's unbelievable. It's- Um, And that will be be starting uh, for the 2021-2022 season. So they'll still have this season whenever they finish it and next year with um, sporting. And then they will go to the Wilson basketball, which they've been, they used to use back in the, back in the day, but have not for uh, over 37 years. Wow. Do you think that was pushed by Tom Hanks, Castaway? You reckon he was Uh, a big part of that discussion, negotiations? I'm thinking conspiracy theory. theory, But, but Tom Hanks did get contract the coronavirus. Maybe this was his way of saying, hey, I'll come out of this. Let's go with the Wilson ball. I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think that's really a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't really see the connection myself. Uh, a man has like a deadly it. virus. And now the NBA say, we want to use a ball that's named after a character in your movie from 20 years ago. Might be a, a long bow, but good on you. Good on you. Hey, I'll back you in, friend. I thought that was R- good. Rules are, rules are made to be broken. Hey, horse. Yeah, I know where you're getting at there. That's okay. <laughs> I'm in at 45, whatever. Someone has to build a bridge uh, at some point. <laughs> well, without doubt, we'll hear more and more information, more stories about the return of our favourite leagues in the next few weeks. And we will be here to make sure that you guys are kept in the loop. But now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and the art of home barbering is benefiting from it. Let me introduce you to Bring Back the Bowl. Now, we know it's been harder and harder for the average person to get out to have their locks manicured of late, and we want to make it easy for all to style up and step back into reality with a haircut of champions. The bowl cut is that style I'm talking about. 
Simple, safe, and easy for any home barber, Bring Back the Bowl is set to revolutionize the way we all look. When you choose Bring Back the Bowl, you'll receive a state-of-the-art bowl made to the dimensions of your head and the finest set of barber scissors you can get for under $10. Simply sit that bowl on top of your bonds and clip away. You know, if we can get one positive from these dark days, wouldn't it be to bring back the bowl? If it's worked for Lego people these years, why can't it work for us? Help us bring back the bowl today. Order your personalized bowl kit today from www.bringbackthebowl.com. Well, I'm really excited for our next segment. We talked about it in last episodes this month in sport, but it was that popular and there was such great demand that we just had to give it its own side hustle, its own segment of its own accord. Yes, folks, that's right. It's last dance time. MJ Pippen, Rodman and Co. Champions from woe to go. Think you know better, don't take the chance. We're here to talk about the last dance. It's got its own segment. We are going to rotate through the panel. We're going to have a few takeaways and things that have really popped out to us in the last four episodes. As we record, episode eight dropped last Monday. There is only two to go. Now, I want to get the ball rolling here because I know Forty has a long, long list of things that he wants to talk about. And I need to make sure one of my points doesn't get lost in the mix. You know, you know that, uh, that whole thing back at school where it'd be like, You'd have to go around and, and the teacher would ask people for input and then it'd get to you and you'd be like, oh, yeah, just, it's all been, they've already said it. Oh, just what so-and-so said. So I don't, wanna, I don't want that situation to happen to me. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, just what Forty said before. That's, yeah. He, <laughs> I had that written down that he's, he's already said it. So my first thing that I want to float out there, Jordan, we've seen the competitive beast that is Michael Jordan. And it was sort of framed like it was going to put us off him a little bit. And he was worried how people would react to seeing such a competitive beast as Michael Jordan. But I've got to say, even if he is a little bit of a villain with his teammates, like I like that, like seeing how driven he was and the results he got from being so driven, that doesn't make me dislike him at all. I think that makes me like him more. Forty, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I love Jordan. I love it. I love his mentality and the drive to make not just himself be better, but his teammates better. And I think you look at him as a player through the eighties was just breaking all sorts of records, but couldn't quite get to become a championship team until it clicked that he needed to make his teammates better. Uh, to become a champion team. Once that happened, that he didn't look back. So that drive made each other better. Yeah, and even his teammates were saying, "Sure, he was. Sure, he was a bit of an ass." I'm saying it like an American would say it. Sure, he was. A, <laughs> you know, he was the bad guy, and he would call you out. But in the end, what was motivating him was he wanted us all to achieve that success together, and he knew that it couldn't just be him alone. He needed to bring his teammates up to his standard or bring them along with him. And so that's what, that is what really drove him. Friendy, I'm going to yeah. throw to you for one of your takeaways. Yeah, that's right. And, and again, I, I, like you guys have said, his mentality, his competitiveness, it's, it's captivating to watch really. And I, I really appreciated the um, Steve Kerr honesty with his story about how they got into a bit of a punch <laughs> up at training. And uh, I just love it because it's, it's that little man, um, you know, obviously is, is way smaller and skinnier than Jordan. Jordan would eat him alive, but he just, he just went, nah, you've, you've cracked me and I'm going to punch back as well. And, but he thought from that, that um, he actually, they actually grew respect for each other and they understood each other better from it. Um, but being at those, some of those training sessions would have been awesome to watch. For sure. How about... How about Steve Kerr on the coaching line? You could see him snap a few times. You could see that <laughs> he's a little angry, little nut. Well, that's right. And as he said, he, he's a very patient guy, but he, he says that when he snaps, he snaps. So he, he obviously yeah. has a limit and yep. Jordan pushed that limit. <laughs> I also like the fact that he punched him in the chest. Jordan punched him in the <laughs> eye and he punched him in the chest. Like, <laughs> 
But it couldn't, couldn't quite reach that high. No, he couldn't. I, I reckon there was some part of him that went, hang on, he's the number one player in the league. Well, he probably needs to see out of both eyes. Let's just go for the chest. Yeah, he was, I, he was a team player. Well, yeah. Well, well, fellas, what do you, what do you guys read into the uh, the whole gambling saga that's been surrounded by Jordan and links to his father and and you know potentially involving games and David Stern? What yeah. do you guys think about all that? Oh, I think it's laughable. I I actually remember that at the time as a twelve year old showing my age, and of course, you know, I'm never gonna. I was never gonna buy into it that a hero of mine would be responsible. Mm. It's I mean, the more and more you look at it, it is really just, it's quite insulting to, to as yeah. Jordan said, to pour salt into an open wound like that by them yeah. trying to tie him with the death of his father was just, it, yeah. you can really yeah. understand why he, he just turned away from the media and didn't want to have anything to do with them. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And the emotion, the emotion after he won his fourth championship, the one after his dad had passed, like that's, genuine heartbreak that that he was showing it was it was actually yeah. quite hard to watch yeah yeah it was really it was really raw you know you've i've seen i've seen the photos before but it's to see the the his body shaking and the you know the just that's mm. that really raw honest crying and yeah it certainly uh certainly was a, a touching moment that i didn't see coming so much as well you could see even in the series, the final series against Seattle, that he wasn't quite himself at times. Probably was thinking, obviously thinking, oh, you know, my dad normally is here every single game, cheering me on, every every part in the locker room, there by his side and not being around, obviously had a big effect. That also just uh, brought up an, uh, something in my memory bank as well, the whole 45 to 23 change and how... yeah. Mm, it's funny how he was just like, no, nah, I've got to go back to 23. I actually have a basketball card of, of him in 45. Uh, yep, which I'll, I'll hold on to for life somewhere in the shed. I'm not actually sure where it is anymore. Come on, Matt. You know exactly where it is. You look at your basketball cards every weekend. But <laughs> that's, a, that's a side note. 40, I know you've got a few other things that you want to bring up. Hit us. Well, yeah, absolutely. I was just going to just one last thing on your comment about the teammates and the drive their horse. It's interesting about how some of the players talked about that, how Michael Jordan made them better, but not everyone loved Michael Jordan. It, there's not much uh, talk from Luke Longley, is there? The Australian. Oh, Tony now. Kukok, Jordan wasn't a massive fan of those particular guys. I think that's a bit harsh to say about Longley. I think there's a bit being said that it was, it was really, it's quite unfair. He, he's not someone who comes out and speaks in the media, full stop. That often is he. Like I remember a Howie Games yeah. podcast and that's about it. And he spoke about Jordan in positive terms in that podcast. And I heard a story about Jordan sending over a, um, a crate of, Longley Bulls memorabilia from the championships days after Longley's house um, in Western Australia was burnt down and he lost mm. all of his gear from those championship days. So I think it, I think it might be being beaten up a bit in the media. The other thing with that as well was they were saying how it was actually, they logistically couldn't afford to bring everyone over to Australia to record. I mean, on the flip side, you could yeah. say, well, why don't you just fly Longley over? But maybe he didn't want to be involved. Yeah, true. And there's rumors, there's rumors out there at the moment that um, they're trying to get an interview with him. A lot of people are trying to get interviews with Luke Longley, but he's refusing. That's, that's what's being reported at the moment. Because you would have thought that someone like Luke Longley would have been interviewed in some way for The Last Dance, uh, part of a three-peat team. He would have had some sort of insight. And being an Australian and international player, yeah, that would sure. have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do but understand I think, that. I think it was more so when he came back from the abyss, whatever you want to call it, that when Michael Jordan was playing baseball and some of those players coming into the team, like Luke Longley, they, he, he didn't really sort of see eye to eye, did, did he, with them? No, not, certainly not at first as well. But even, you know, that brings up in that last season, you had Scotty Burrell, who's just being berated all the time. Yeah. <laughs> But he's loving it. It's just like he's like, but, but, 
Water off a duck's back. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jordan's like trying to just get under his skin. And he's just like, he's, got, he's just too nice. He just yeah, doesn't yeah. want to bar it. And then off the field, off the court, he's bantering and giving it to him. And Scott's just loving it and back and forth and <laughs> brings in his mates from college and high school to get their stuff signed and all sorts of things. Hagrid, but Jordan Hagrid's was the, very. Hagrid's the made up stories of him, him motivating himself. Uh, I can't remember the guy um, that he he used as a, hey, he said this to me after the game. And then he went the next night and dropped 37 boys in the first half. That was LeBradford Smith, the Washington Bullets. And obviously his 15 minutes of fame is already over again. Yeah, after um, he after he dropped 36 in the game on him or 37 on the game. and then That's right. Like, yeah, he, he said, I'm going to have that in the first half tomorrow night. Yeah, he said that he said, nice game <laughs> on the way <laughs> off to him. <laughs> I particularly liked uh, Jerry Krause when he's talking about Dan Marl, um, about him being a great defensive player. And what was Michael Jordan? What did Michael Jordan was like, well, you think he's a great defensive player? Okay, fine. Well, I'm going to assure you he's not. And he went out of his way to score at every opportunity against Dan. And it was like this, this cat and mouse battle. And he was just, like Jordan was just playing with him. He was just playing with him. Same with Tony, Tony Kukoc. A doodle do. In the Olympics, they were talking about uh, drafting this guy. And he was like, I'm just going to teach him a lesson. It was like Jordan <laughs> yes, the bully no. in the schoolyard. Well, Pippen was there as well. It was Jordan and Pippen against Kukoc. Yes. Really teaming Definitely. up. Now it was, and it was only because of Jerry Krause. That was only because Jerry Krause liked him. That was the only reason they didn't like. <laughs> Whatever Jerry Krause liked, they hated. <laughs> Basically. Friendy, what else can you add? Oh, well, I'm actually going to throw in a bit of a fun fact here because I'm loving all this Michael Jordan talk. And um, I was very strategic when I actually proposed to my lovely wife, Jen, because I proposed to her on the 23rd of September, 2012, which if you put that in digits, it's 23, 9 and 12. Now, 23 was Michael Jordan's number, which we all know. Number nine was his USA US, number. Yep. Can you boys tell me what number 12 has to do with Michael Jordan? I have I'm no going idea. to say 12, 12 all-stars. 12, 12 seasons. 12, 12 all-star appearances, maybe? No, no, no. I'd so know. he wore one other, no, other than number 45, which you've alluded to before. He wore one other number, and it was number 12, because in a game, he got his jersey stolen before it, and he had to wear the blood jersey, which was number 12 for one game. Oh, so uh, all over I will it. never forget the day that I proposed to my wife because of that. Well and played, I, I would have thought. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose waiting till 2045 might might have been a stretch to really make it perfect. <laughs> that's exactly right. So <laughs> that's my fun fact. But um, Forty, I want you to keep going with your points because I'm enjoying them. Well, I, I would like to say, why do you think, why do you two think this series, Last Dance, has been released? Because I've got a theory, but I'd love to hear what you guys think. Why is oh. it waited till now? Well, in 2016 is actually when Jordan gave the go-ahead for them to start making this. And that came Correct. after LeBron did the uh, what we thought was the unthinkable and turned the Cavs around against Golden State. And then basically Jordan's like, okay, let's produce this. And I, th- I think that's where it's come. Now, they brought it forward as well. They brought it forward the release date by a few months it was probably i'm guessing we would have started to see it by now anyway in may i think and so they're also filling that void and in doing so they are absolutely raking it in i mean i bought another bulls championship uh hoodie yesterday because why not because it's 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 like the coolest thing again it's like, on point i'm it's, loving it's the bulls pop culture i, I love the bulls yeah. but like everyone is at the moment they were sold out yes in, in the morning. They reckon so that's Dennis, Rodman jerseys have, Dennis Rodman jerseys have gone through the roof. Now, you, you guys can tell. I've gone and done the Dennis hair as well with my pink and uh, bleach blonde rendition <laughs> that I'm rocking tonight. I, I think there is some element of he wanted people to remember who he was. I think there is some truth to that um, because I think people were starting to really strongly jump on this LeBron James train that he is now the greatest person of all, player of all time. 
And it took, and I, I, I'm one to say and to admit that I was starting to head in that direction too. And it literally took me to the first 30 seconds of the last <laughs> dance to be reminded of how mm. good he was. And that's exactly my point. I was purely for ego sake. Oh yeah. For young blugs like yourself, <laughs> Brendy, thinking LeBron is the goat and people throw out Kobe's the goat and, you know, Brian Scalabrini, yeah, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> But let's be honest, it's all about ego. And there's a lot of people throwing out all sorts of names of GOAT, particularly LeBron or Kobe. But Nathan Lyon. Like, hang on. Hang on, guys. Yeah, Nathan <laughs> Lyon, Gary. But I think Michael Jordan's like, hang on, guys. Hang on. You've forgotten how good I was. And so I love it. He's not even making any money. He's donating all his profit to charity. And I think that's uh, awesome. Look, I also need to bring up this point again, like, as you're saying, he was dominating those games. And again, we see these score lines where it's like, and the balls take it away, 83 to 70, 83 to 70. And he scored yeah. 40 odd. So oh, yeah. equate it to 120 exactly. game and he's, he's scoring 60 every game. And another point is a lot of people don't realize how many defensive player of the year that he won. Not often these days does a guard Maybe. win defensive player of the year. He basically broke the, the, the back of, of big men only winning Defensive Player of the Year. And so totally. Michael Jordan was not just an unbelievable scorer, but he was an unbelievable defender. So, can, can I, can I yeah. sidestep over, over Jordan just for a moment, as much as I love talking about this? Just Scotty <laughs> Pippen for a moment. The, uh, the 94-95 where Jordan was out, what did you guys think of um, the play where they – he, they gave it to Tony Kukoc to win the game and he cracked yeah. it and oh, didn't go yeah. on the court. I was, I was a little baffled because, you know, he said, yeah, I made a mistake. And, you know, mm. Bill Cartwright's crying in the dressing room afterwards. Scotty's crying. And then it cuts back to Scotty modern times. And he was like, mm. you know, if I was in that same situation, I probably wouldn't change anything. I was like, what? Yeah. But, but you admitted it was a mistake, mate. And Michael Jordan even said that he's going to regret this for the rest of his life. He's going to be defined by this moment. And I don't think he has been, but it certainly was a dark moment, I think, for Scottie Pippen's career. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The next game was when he did that epic dunk over Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Oh, that was incredible. <laughs> and that was recently... Stared him down. That was recently voted uh, the best dunk in Bulls modern history. They had a poll yeah. that, is, that is run online for a while. So, yeah, that, it was, that was epic. epic. The, the power, just like... Ugh. But I think looking at that play, that was exactly the right play. Phil Jackson knew that Tony mm. Kukoc and balls could hit these shots. He'd done it before. It was the right thing. And I just... I, I too, horse, thought Scotty Pippen would look back and go, yeah, I wish I did that differently. So I was a bit baffled by that as well. Hey, now I want to go to one more thing about Last Dance before we move on. And I okay. want to talk about I want to talk about the cigar smoking and particularly smoking a cigar before practice. It can't be good for you. <laughs> well, you know, we've seen we've seen the progression from the the first episode where he's like and I went in and there was the pot smokers and there were the lines and I was like I'm out of here. You know, like now he's just got a cigar everywhere he's going he's on the golf course he's got a cigar but before practice he's walking around in holding a cigar no i don't think it could do any um positive things for your health so like imagine what he would have been like without the cigars take it to that next level my my final takeaway is can we all bring back the baggy suits (laughs) yes they are so baggy (laughs) they'll come back they'll come back 100 percent Well, it's been awesome to be able to have a bit of a longer chat on The Last Dance, but it is time for us to keep moving. Chuck another shrimp on the barbie, mate. It's time for the grill. Oh, yeah. Yes, we are gathered around the barbecue. Snags are sizzling away. It's time for us to ask a few questions without notice. Get ready, fellas. Get those questions ready. As always, I like to start it off. And I always have a backstory to my question. And today I've got to tell you, I had my nostrils violated this afternoon. Uh, I, went <laughs> in, I went in for the COVID test, asymptomatic. I'm a teacher. I'm returning to work in a week or so. 
So they're encouraging everyone to go in and just have the test to help uh, boost their figures as well. And yes, have I have either of you indulged in this pastime? I have not. Neither. Have you heard about it? Do you know what happens? No. I've heard they uh, they shove something pretty deep up the nostrils. Yes. Well, first first they shove it right down the back of your throat, and that that was quite distressing. They had to stop halfway through and start again as I I was dry riching. And then they I feel like this is a common theme. What me dry riching? I feel like this is a common theme. No, just this yeah being violated horse back from episode one. (laughs) Go on the tag. Well, doesn't uh, like a little bit of. uh, I don't like the physical attention. No. No. So after they shove it down your throat, they go and they stick it up one nostril for ten seconds, like really down down the back, like it's touching your brain type thing. And then they go and penetrate the other nostril with the same swab. So it's been in my mouth, one nostril for 10 seconds, and then the other nostril for 10 seconds. Now, since uh, it was about six hours ago, and I have to admit my nose is like tingling still, and it's burning a bit. And I'm feeling, as I've said, I'm feeling quite violated. And this, this feeling, and it's been playing over my head again and again for the rest of the, of the day, this sort of sinking, ugly feeling about it. And I've got a sports equivalent to that. It's sort of like how I felt, say, after the 2008 grand final, um, that drive home and just replaying the event in my mind. You know how like... <laughs> I remember it. I remember, remember it well. You do, Forty. We were there together. I was like, hey, guys. Hey, guys, let's just go and, you know, hang out, do something. Horse, you didn't want to borrow it. No, you were I was like, like, I'm going home. Um, shut yep. the door. See you guys. Well, it's been great. Thanks, guys. And I just went home <laughs> and I just mull over things like that. And I just feel like we just needed to debrief, Horse. And uh, yeah, that didn't go down well. <laughs> well. Well, my question is, what's the sporting equivalent of you? What has been something that has scarred you for life from a sporting perspective that you just found it really hard to, to shake and get out of your head? Friendy, what's been a scarring sporting experience for you? Wow. Uh, I think for me, it's just, gee, I'm, I'm stumped. I think the only thing that, I, that comes to mind right now is on the basketball court where you just miss those absolute easy layups that you're expected to make time and time again. And I did do one when I was in my junior years where we were down by one point and I missed the open layup to win the game and we lost the game. And that actually stopped us from getting into the finals that year. If I had have made that shot, we're in the finals. And that, wow! Yeah, it's actually bringing up some emotions right now. I'm not, I'm not very proud of that. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really stirring that up. Well, that's that, that's the perfect example. Forty, what about you? What sporting scars do you have? Well, I'm not going to go like on a personal one, like uh, friendy. I, I might go a different tack. Particularly looking back in the footy days, just how on earth can you make four grand finals? 89, 92, 94. <laughs> 95 and still not win one i'll tell you what as a geelong supporter it just breaks your heart so uh, it was a long time coming 2007 horse wasn't it indeed it was we celebrated hard it was uh it was a great i've got, a, I've got an answer for that ford it's called the west coast eagles mate right. uh, i've got to say for two years i look back and go oh that 94 final series was so exciting from a geelong supporter to get to the grand final those close games and then just to get absolutely smashed was a very big anticlimax. at this point in time friendy made a comment about the west coast eagles again and let's just say it led to some cheerful banter about the eagles drug culture something we have discussed before and I just thought it was best we maybe skip through that little bit. I'm tossing the ring over to you, Forty. Yes, thank you, Horse. Uh, I have a great question. And my question would be, this might be a little bit hard for you, Friendy, because you would have been only a little little tucker. You're a little young blood, you know. You're a few years younger. I'll be the judge of this, Ford. Both myself and Horstead. <laughs> but where were you when you heard that news? Two words. I'm back. Uh, where were you? It's one of those iconic moments, isn't it? Where Where were you at 9-11? Where were you at these different, you know, iconic, significant uh, world moments? I'm back from Michael Jordan. Where were you when you heard that? I feel like, I feel like we knew it was coming and I feel like it happened overnight. So 
I was asleep when it was announced and maybe woke up on a Sunday morning and he was back. It was no Twitter or something like that, wasn't it? No, there there was no announcements. (laughs) And I believe two weeks later, it got reported on in the Herald Sun. Of course, anyone who followed the NBA in Australia in the 90s would be aware that we got our news a little bit later and we just hung out for those box scores. So, Friendy, you were five at the time. What were you doing when Jordan announced, I'm back? We were relocating from Adelaide, South Australia, to Geelong, Victoria. Is my recollection of that time. Um, do I remember the I'm back? Negative. Um, but I've made up for it since. So now, Friendy, we're up to your question. Yes, well, thanks, Horse. Um, and my question is, obviously, 2020 was supposed to be the year of the Olympics in Japan, and I love my Olympics. And, it, and it, it gets me thinking, every time I watch the Olympics, I might watch the swimming or I might watch the sprinting or the shot put or the high jump, whatever it might be. And I, for that split moment, I go, oh, I reckon I, if I had to put my mind to it, I could have been a Michael Phelps. I could have been a Usain Bolt. Like, I just get so inspired by the athletes. And I don't know about you guys when you were younger, but did you ever wish, or even now, did you ever wish that you were a specific Olympic sport athlete? Now, I'm, I'm talking about an individual sport here. If you were at the Olympics representing your country, what would be that sport that you get inspired by every time you watch the Olympics and you wish that you could have put your, your heart and soul to it and been in the Olympics to do that? Oh, don't ask me why. The 1,500-metre swimming. Yeah. Oh, oh, like absolutely, horse. Grant Hackett, Kieran Perkins, Kieran Perkins, Kieran Perkins. Yes. Getting yeah. up early to watch Kieran go for that last gold. Oh, mm. it was just yeah. That was that was the one. I absolutely. don't know why. I just thought I'm not. Yeah. I'm not fast enough to be a sprinter. I like swimming, but just something about that endurance. And just being able to. It was to, like the last yeah. swimming event, wasn't it, of the week of Olympics? Yep. And it was like yeah, capping off the whole week. And that moment, obviously, we've dominated as a, as a country that particular uh, event. So yeah, it was always one to look forward to. Yeah, always Definitely. seeing Aussies win it certainly made you want to be involved in it. I mean, <laughs> I'm burnt out after two laps. So if it was like the 100 meter equivalent of. 1500 meters if we could get people going at a nice steady slow pace but for only two laps i'd that'd be my sweet spot we're not getting there first oh, looking back. we are just you know timing it what about exactly. you 40 and looking back at kieran perkins uh when he won that 1500 meter event in lane eight yes that goes down in in history as one of the greatest Beautiful. wins ever but I was going to go along a similar theme, horse, just the swimming. I think as Australia, uh, as a country, we've dominated uh, this swimming events for so long. I would love to uh, be something, the 100-metre freestyle, the 200-metre freestyle. I was going to maybe go something different other than swimming, friendly, and maybe say trampolining because I loved Roy and HD commentating the trampoline. (laughs) Excellent. Well, it's been another great session of questions. Hope you've enjoyed listening to it. That was called The Grill. Well, it's time to introduce a new segment that I'm really excited about. It is something that really gives us the opportunity to tap into our inner angry person and get something off our chest. We're, we're putting it out there. We're trying something a little different, but it is based on footy classified. It's based on Caro's arrow and who she likes to point the arrow at. And I've had a similar segment that I used to run for years when I'd have mates come over and we would watch footy classified. And mine was called Horstead's Hammer. There's something that's really been getting my goat in the last few weeks in lockdown. And I'll admit it's not sports related guys. So I apologize for that. But during this time of COVID isolation, I have spent a few more hours scrolling through the socials than I normally would. And there's these trends that are just popping up on the day, really just clogging up my newsfeed. I don't know about you guys, but I don't really care about 10 albums that have influenced my friends. I don't really care about 10 photos of um, 
trips in the past. I don't care about the seven day photo challenge because you know what really gets my goat? These terms, no explanation required, no reviews, no comments required. Well, you know what I'm saying? Horstead's bringing the hammer down and saying, no point. (laughs) Yes, I love that Horstead. Now you've seen how it operates, guys. It's your chance to fire something out there that's just annoying you. But I'm, I really need to continue with this. I'm sorry. I just ha- also have to say, I'd love... Now, Forty, you included me in a challenge that I actually intend to have a go at, and I, I do like. And that is, you know, the, your 10 NBA players. And actually, it started with you, Friendy. The 10 NBA it players. did. The list of 10 that you just love watching. So, that, you know, that's something that you can then go and have banter about. But putting up a photo of your toast in the morning in black and white and saying no comment, no explanation required. Well, there is an explanation required, is it, mate? That's your breakfast. So <laughs> good. I'm glad to know the eating. Uh, it's, it's, and I have to say, at some point in time, I was really tempted this week to start posting up pictures of walls in my house, just blank walls, and saying, I'm taking up the wall challenge. Uh, a friend of mine has challenged me to post photos of the walls in my house, my favorite walls, seven days, seven walls, no explanation required. So I think I might get that started. Guys, will you get on board with my wall challenge? Uh, I'm on board. I'll, I'll back you in. But I, I hear your frustration, horse, and I'm with you all the way. Excellent. Very pointless posts. Thank you. Well, we're now going to move into our uh, second uh, cab off the rank. It's time for Friendly Fire. Friendly Fire. Well, thanks, Horse. I am fired up this week after watching the the last two episodes of The Last Dance, and I'm pointing the finger right now at Gary the Glove Payton. Who the heck does he think he is to try and bring down the the GOAT, Michael Jordan's legacy, by telling the world how good he thinks his defense was? Now, he didn't play on him in the first two games of the finals of the 1996 series, but then they put him on him in the, the next two games, which they won. And he thinks he was the reason for it, and he stopped him. Can I just remind people who are listening to this right now? Michael Jordan averaged 27 points, five rebounds, and four assists, and won the MVP for the finals in that. Gary Payton, you're kidding yourself, mate. You you were not the reason that slowed down Michael Jordan. You lost 4-2. Stop trying to be relevant. People have forgotten about you. I'm fired up. Gary Payton, you're better than that. Wooshka. Woo! Wowee, that wasn't friendly fire. That was banged uh, straight to the heart. <laughs> that was very targeted. It was personal, boys. It was personal. <laughs> Love it, friend. Well, the gauntlet's really been laid down there, friendy. And let's see if our final man up to the podium, up to the pulpit, can really get what's on his chest off his chest. It's time for 40's Face Palm. 40's Face Palm. 40's face palm is ready to go. Well, my face palm today has got to do with something a little bit different. Cricket Australia, the BBL competition in particular. As a Melbourne Stars fan, I am not bitter about the result against the Sydney Sixers, but I do want to highlight two particular players, Gary Lyon and Steve Smith, played, what? two, three games for the whole season, right at the end of the season. And of course they win and go through and and win the championship. This can't be fair. This can't be okay that they just, all the national players come back and then they start winning. I think that maybe coming from a bitter Melbourne style supporter, but there's gotta be a minimum games required. Shame on you, Cricket Australia. (laughs) Well, you've you've held on to that one for a while. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that must have it's, been really it's been brewing it's been brewing boys <laughs> he's had his hand on his, on his face for a long time horse something else is brewing too by the way <laughs> if it sounds like we're only going to have something to face palm once every six months to 12 months i'm not sure how regular this segment will be <laughs> but i think it also well, is a reflection of your just your general nature that not much irks you and and you know you're pretty calm yeah. and easy going that you've dealt yeah, back. I'm happy to just uh, put that in the back pocket. I've had my piece. I've had my say. Look, <laughs> time to move on. Wow. We are at that pointy point 
of the episode, that end point of the episode where we are about to wrap it all up. We want to thank you everyone again for joining us on the Common Man Ride and supporting us. And for those that have subscribed, thank you so much. For those that are following us on Spotify, thank you so much. For those that have rated us on Apple Podcasts, we have maintained a five-star rating, guys. This is exciting times. And if you haven't, please, we would just really love you to pour some love on us. I'm saying love a lot. Uh, I don't really like saying love a lot. So let's keep moving. <laughs> if you want to contact us, we've got the email podcast for the common man at gmail.com. Of course, we've got our world famous Instagram. Who could forget at the common man dot podcast. Don't forget the dot. Dotty, the old girl. All about the dot. And just to draw us uh, back to last episode's conversation where we threw out some merch ideas some merch ideas have come in for that beautiful TCM logo. People would like to see it on headwear. I love that idea. I want to see it on headwear as well. We mentioned that last time. And we've also had suggestions of hoodies and some long sleeve tees. So when we expand the range, we're going to have our own shop. I think we can probably just go into to merch production, guys. What do you reckon? Absolutely. I think we could get some budgie smugglers as well too. What do you reckon, boys? Yep. Yeah, TCM on the back or the front. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll leave that one open to the listeners as well. We'll put not, on, we'll, not hey, literally. It's another poll. It's another yeah, yeah. Poll. <laughs> you might want to clarify exactly uh, what we mean by that, Trendy. Don't just put up on the poll TCM on the back or the front because I'm sure that, that the initials TCM probably means something else somewhere else and who knows what we're throwing out there. Yeah, just... just clarify the poll too well before we leave it's time to throw to you guys for any final words friendy what would you like to say to our listeners yeah mine is i want to do a quick shout out actually horse and 40 to a a very long time servant of the geelong supercats i want to shout out nikawusu former teammate of mine he has just announced his retirement 360 games for the mighty club two championships and he is a legend of geelong and wish him well for a time. And well done, mate. You've done well. Congratulations. Well done. 40? Touche, yes. Uh, big big shout out to Nikawusu. Um, but uh, I, I, I love that we got to have a bit of a chat about cricket today. I thought there was some good cricket chats, uh, which is nice. And I think there's uh, plenty more to come. Don't you think, yeah, boys? Yeah, I know. We could even talk about cricket that's happening this year. And next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Well, thanks again for joining us. Hope to catch you guys soon. You've been listening to the Common Man Podcast. What did I say? Did I say something? <laughs>